0: I just had to turn off my coffee pot because it was making too much noise for this little intro into the podcast for the universe. So you are listening, as you know, because you push play and it's the podcast for the universe, Energy is Love podcast. If you haven't already, make sure you go out and share the show with your friends, with your family members, tell a complete stranger where they can find the podcast, where they can listen to the podcast, so that we can help the podcast grow and expand and share all of this wonderful information. Go to energieslovepodcast.com. You can find all of our information there, all the links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, everywhere that the show's available. You can go find us on the website. Thank you for listening, folks. We can't thank you enough. I can't thank you enough. I really appreciate all the support that the podcast gets, and it continues to grow, which is super fun to sit back and enjoy. On our website, we also have a tab up at the top labeled Sponsors, conveniently labeled Sponsors. If you click on that tab you will find all of the sponsors of the podcast, such as As Above, So Below. As Above, So Below is a super kick-ass little metaphysical shop up in Roy, Utah. They have pretty much anything and everything you could possibly imagine that you may need for your spiritual journey, your growth, your expansion into the realm of all the different topics and things that we discuss on the show. All those kind of things and it's a really cool shop and if for some reason you pop in and they don't have what you're looking for they'll definitely get it for you you just gotta let them know go follow them on facebook you can find that link on our website keep up to date with all the events and classes that they host at as above so below they have quite a few coming up this month in february so now would be a good time if you live in the area if you live up in northern utah maybe you don't maybe you're from utah and you happen to be passing through, make sure you stop by and say hello to as above so below. On this episode of the podcast, I got to sit down with the team from Zenfloat Co. Zenfloat creates the uh Zenfloat tent. It's an in-home option for floating, and the guys at Zenfloat are really, really cool. Not only that, but they're incredibly uh, they're incredibly good at what they do. So if you haven't heard of Zenfloat, go check them out at Zenfloatco.com. Also, let's see, on this episode we had Shane Stott, Mason Butterfield, and William Carter. So if you remember way back on episode 18 of the podcast, we had Shane on and I enjoyed chatting with him so much that I wanted to come out and interview all of them. So it was a really good opportunity. It was a lot of fun. We got into so many different topics. We didn't just talk about floating during this episode, although we do talk about floating, but we hit on a bunch of different stuff. I don't even know how to list them all. It was just one of those conversations that just kept going and going and it was super interesting and entertaining and engaging and had a lot of fun with these guys so go to zenfloatco.com you can also find out more information about shane he's got shanestott.com or he wrote a book the float tank cure the float tank cure.com without further ado now you get to sit back and relax and enjoy the podcast for the universe with shane mason and william and myself enjoy folks here we go you're listening to the energy is love podcast energy is love the energy is the love podcast energy is love podcast energy is love the energy is love podcast the podcast for the universe the energy is love podcast okay hey guys here we are it's the energy is love podcast yeah, yeah. <laughs> with up? the uh with the cast and crew of zen flow
1: yeah we got three of us man that, that feels right. good
2: mm-hmm. i'm the newbie over here <laughs> so that that feels good the zen crew <laughs> two podcast v cards
0: so i'm gonna oh, break uh, like it's terrible in podcast to start off the podcast with. Tell me a little bit about yourself because <laughs> it's just the worst way. However, to make it simple and easy, we know a little bit about Shane. Shane was on the show back in the day. Uh, Mason, you go and just yeah. give us a little bit about yourself.
3: Okay. Uh, so I'm 26. Uh, I work at Zen full time um, and I just do the customer service and shipping and everything else. Live videos. Live videos. I'm the talent around here. <laughs> um, yeah. And I love floating. So yeah. yeah.
2: Okay, you're up. Um, So my Tinder profile says, (laughs) (laughs) no, that's bad. Um, 39, almost 40 this year. It's kind of a a big one for me. My kid turns 18. So I'm dealing with the, oh my God, was I that twisted when I was 17? I guess the repercussions of that. Uh, I've been aligned with Shane for, what, seven months now? Yeah. And this has been kind of a real game changer for me. It's been um, a ride, man. Yeah. It, just kind of going into the spiritual aspect, I'm working on a book that I've been working on 25 years, give or take. How old
0: did you say you were? 40?
2: Yeah, I'll be 40 this year. I started wow. it when I was 15. And uh, it was kind of all on the same basis of what you were talking a little bit about, realizing that I don't think like everybody else does. And so uh, at a young age, I was pretty, I was pretty okay with what I thought. So I became really fascinated with other people. So I would get their quotes, uh, anything that came to mind. I used to walk into uh, any scenario. If someone was sitting at a coffee shop or a couple was talking at a restaurant, I would go up and I would just interrupt them and uh, blatantly ask them, "Uh, I find you fascinating, I'd like to hear what's on your mind. I'd have them write it down and then now, since I've kind of got aligned with Shane, I, I came up with kind of a grandiose story of This kid's a bartender, super comfortable in his own life. And now he's experiencing life walking in somebody else's shoes. So that really, that's kind of how I've geared my life as uh, I'm comfortable with who I am. So in essence, I've kind of fallen in love with everybody else. And so at 40, it's kind of uh, all that's coming to a head, which freaks me out because it's like, (laughs) in essence, like all the crap I've talked over all these years is like, oh, so the thousands of conversations I've had. They're all in my head, and I feel like if I don't get them out, I'm just going to pop. It's like just I'll have a seizure in the middle of the night, and we all know how I win, so. So yeah, that's that's kind of me.
0: Tell me your name one more time. It's William. William. For yeah. some reason, I was going to say Spencer. Yeah. Um. That sounds like a it good could book. be Spencer. <laughs> should, should we call him Spencer throughout the podcast? Spencer. Yeah, we guys. We I'll cool. take that. What's up, Spencer? That oh, is my middle name. So oh, I'm so bad with names. That'd be awesome. At all. let's do Spencer. <laughs> I'm terrible with names. <laughs> me too. There's times like in the middle of the interview, and I'm like, shit, I don't remember what that kind of <laughs> <laughs> oh, name. Oh, and you meet so many people. How do you keep it all? Yeah. Up there. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, good yeah, with yeah. faces, but terrible with names. Yeah. So you're just
3: like, tell me, dude. What do
0: you <laughs> yeah. think about this? Tell Hi, Spencer. guy. How you What's doing, up, guy? Man? Yeah. So because we're at your guys's, I guess, what do you guys call this? I mean, it's obviously your business. It's your headquarters. storefront. Headquarters. Zen headquarters. Yeah. Zen, headquarters. Yeah. Zen headquarters. Let's get all the floating shit out of the way. <laughs> not that it's not good stuff. We all like floating. We're all proponents of floating, but – yeah. Shane, I know how you came into floating. I know how you, you know, you started the tank back in the day in the basement and yeah. that whole deal and everything like that, which that was crazy. I mean, it blows my mind when you think about that story that this is where you're at today. I know, like sheer luck. So
1: much of it seems it was mm-hmm.
0: awesome. Um, how long has it been again?
1: Wow. Uh, Zen, how old is Zen, Mace? Three? Three years. Three years. And then like 14, two or three before that, probably five, six six years six years yeah
0: and this is where you're at now yeah weird yeah weird and (laughs) i was just
1: putting up plans for a tank on the web for no good reason but i thought other people would want them so yeah now i have a float tank company it's weird
0: it is weird yeah but it's cool i mean that's the neat thing that's the way stuff works sometimes
1: it feels like some universe conspiring thing it's Mm -hmm. good closer for me if you would i always think
0: uh Cause I'll have experiences where, you know, you can, you can look back and you can see all the things that synced up and lined up to lead you to where you're at and you can see how kick-ass and cool that that all was. But in the moment you're like, there's no, you know, you don't realize it. So I always try to throughout my day or my week or my, you know, half part of my year or whatever the case may be, look at my life and be like, what kind of shit's going on right now? That a year from now, we're going to be like, oh, that's so cool. Do you know uh, what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like the oh, synchronistic yeah. things that are really happening daily that are going to build up to big, huge things. But it's always hard.
2: You can't see it when you're in it. No, it's you
1: just can't. just looking back.
0: I say that to my kiddo all the time.
2: You're in it. So you've just got your blinders on and there's just no way to take it off. And it's always that philosophy of hindsight's 2020. Yeah. Yeah. That really leads into like what I was saying. I mean, it's such a big year because I've lived that lifestyle for so long of either helping people work through situations and now I'm in the position where I'm helping myself, Mm -hmm. which that's, it's just so shitty to say that I haven't helped myself for so long because that's not the truth. But in essence, it really is. Like my perspective is just being geared to taking away everybody else's bullshit, if you will, putting it on my shoulders because I find it fascinating and then walking the line of that's what I'm doing now it's crazy so that's you know, i keep going back to the shame that's that's kind of exactly how we met i mean i was at a restaurant um i was about to head home and i ended up serving his table so it was just this crazy experience and now I look that was up, so random
1: yeah yeah and the day before someone's like if you ever meet an excellent waiter or waitress give me your card so i will serve me and i was like you're awesome here's my card i don't know why and then this is now helped me through without with everything so
0: yeah that's what you did before you were waiting tables yeah i was a
2: restaurant guy for a while so yeah. I, they brought me in over there to kind of help teach the crew um
0: <laughs> we're going to pause because somebody just got at the door find that <laughs> on not Amazon. Cheap, so. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so yeah they uh they brought me in the restaurant to kind of help their serving staff um kind of remember how to serve in essence just kind of increase uh, joy in the restaurant. Everybody was really burnt out and just kind of over it and it felt more like a slave driving job than actually a job. And uh, I mean, it's not the most glorious thing that you can do. It, there's just, it's like a constant attack and you have to multitask. And I anyway. used to wait tables, man. Yeah, so it's you get It's a hard job. Really, really hard, hard job. job. And uh, it, I it takes a, yeah, it takes a lot of passion. A lot of passion. Well, to do it well. I think yeah. anybody can do it, but to do it well and to be successful... And I wasn't even supposed to be there that day. So I was, you know, I came in total, I mean, it was kismet. And it was like one of those real moments where it's completely in your face. Was supposed to go home early. And then the funny thing was, Shane was doing an interview uh, with someone, a client that was gonna work for you. Yeah. And I thought it was reversed because she was all buttoned up into the nines and here's Shane with like <laughs>
1: Super he's casual. got a
2: snapback on, I think he's got a flannel on and, and the first thing I like I was like, Oh, okay, he's in an interview, I've got to say something funny and I think I talked you into a beer immediately. You talked <laughs> into two beers. Yeah, yeah. And you were like, No, 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 no I don't need a drink and I like looked at both of them and I was like, No, 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 you do need a drink right now. <laughs> That's funny. And so and it was kinda of funny the way it, it flipped, but yeah, he left his card and, and uh, I came over here about a week later. I think I called him and I was like, okay, this is crazy because I get... I mean, throughout, I think, the career of being in restaurants, I have hundreds of cards. You know, yeah. you go home, you tell the girlfriend, like, oh, yeah, I got another card. Yeah, that's great. You're probably not going to call the guy. But there was something that really stuck with this one. It was like that thorn in the side of, like, you just got to do it. You've been... It's called eat, a big tip. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, and that was it, too. Yeah.
2: It, it, and that's what I told Megan. I was like, if, if he tips like shit, obviously, I'm not going to call this guy. I mean, that's a pretty good gearing right there. How to yeah. I give you my card and then do a shitty tip? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah here's 5%. Yeah, cheap. the tip was the card. <laughs> okay. (laughs) (laughs) that's right so called him i think it was the next day it was pretty pretty prompt follow-up and then uh came down here to zen and i'd never heard of floating right i mean it was it was just something that blew my mind but i'm a big water guy so like you get me in in any water like that's where i do my healing and that's where i do my meditating so like even then it was like okay this is this is kind of crazy aligned and and shane isn't your normal he's just not your normal corporate ceo if you will like he's yeah, it's just pretty pretty realistic and pretty easy to work with. So it was like, oh, okay, well, I'm, you know, I'll, I'll put your resume out. And we'll see if we can – we'll see. I'm not looking for anything right now. And I was like, oh, well, shit, you gave me your card. I mean, I was really hoping something would come with this. And then he had mentioned that he needed kind of a I – mean, it says assistant, but I'm, I'm going to call it a sidekick. I dropped the assistant title. Yeah. Um, and I was like, well, throw me in for the running. And then the moment I said that, it was like a light bulb of like, well, shit, I'm doing this now. So it's like all in. And so going back and forth to both jobs. I mean, Zen is, this company alone has blown my mind just because of the reach and the, the healing I and mean, the stories and the testimonials that we hear. I mean, I, I just didn't, I guess I didn't expect it to be that dramatic for people. And yeah. so it, it just keeps me going. Have you floated now? No, I'll and that sounds that. so no. bad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm looking at the shower that needs to be finished cuz I was going to float. We pay for floats too. Here. Yeah. Yeah. you has got to get out to your place. Yeah, you got to come out and jump if in the tank. If my boss would give me time off. <laughs> I, mean, I can probably oh, throw it back on me. Wow. Yeah. I could probably work this in. Cheap what a pivot. No, don't Cheap talk shot. shit here. You're thinking the same thing. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I've floated before, though. So. <laughs> okay, you, so anyway,
1: uh, move on. We we pay for a float a month for everyone, but we now as soon as we have this tank, though. Then you guys have to be free floating. Now. Yeah. yeah. Just waiting on the shower.
2: It's coming.
3: Tank's ready to go.
1: Yeah.
2: I might be early. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: I'm getting the shower up and done. No one getting here to work. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, yeah. I'll
3: float every day. Have
0: yeah. you... Uh, so you've obviously floated Mason at some point? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. We made
1: Mason go float a bunch for a go, yeah. dude.
3: That was back when um, it was just me. I was yeah. the only one working... I mean, there was a, a marketing person, but as far as customer service or anything like that, it was just me at home we were working a, remote. we were a virtual
1: company. Mason would answer calls from his college classes. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. I would
3: I would get like a call or a text during class. Uh-huh. Had to step out of the the classroom. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Take it and go back. So,
0: and have you been here with the company since the beginning?
3: Almost. Pretty much. Yeah, it was maybe a month or two after. Right after. Um. So yeah, pretty close. Yeah yeah
0: and obviously you guys are happy if you're sticking around
3: yeah and i mean when i when i found the job i wasn't looking um i was a full-time college student and i was i mean i had found floating from a certain podcaster (laughs) um
0: (laughs) which podcast would that be oh man i don't know um and so
3: yeah i i found a video of his and i i guy was looking into floating and i tried it um i was really stressing about finals and stuff and so i i tried it for that reason and then then I was just looking for jobs one day, just because I was a full-time college student, so I didn't really need it. Um, and then I found Zen, and I was like, "I gotta do this." So it was the only job I applied for. And here we are.
0: Every single like moment in my life, when I go back and look at, because I've had a thousand and one different jobs. I used to be the guy that would go work someplace for like three months and then walk out and quit because, fuck that, I'm done with that shit. Yeah. And so I've had so many different jobs, and every job that had some significant or that led to some significant thing in my life, right? Like I had a job way, way back in the day when I met my first wife and my, you know, got my kid and all the stuff out of it. That was a big moment, but same thing. I wasn't looking for a job. It was just a happenstance thing where I'm going to pull in somewhere and see that they're hiring and apply and everything like that. And so I think when those moments happen, whether it's a job or whatever the case it is, that's the cool stuff like that's the stuff where you're like oh my gosh yeah like i was saying if we could if we could appreciate those moments for what they are when they're happening you know then it, it makes them all the much better right it's like magic yeah you but think it about is it
3: now harder. and it's it's like yeah I, I wish i had appreciated it then but but now looking where we were and, and where we are now it's like wow oh
1: dude we didn't wow when we were virtual it didn't feel like bonded quite mm-hmm. right like when i first when started this office yeah
3: bonding when I first started, I, I met one of the employees who's still with us. Um, we met at a coffee shop for maybe two hours, yeah, hour Jamie. and a half. Mm, Jamie. Yep. And um, she just showed me some of the emails that I'd be getting, and she said, okay, go home, and here you go. Let's do this. <laughs> right to the wolves. Yeah.
0: So it just game on from then. Yeah. So...
1: Oh my God, I pretend heard.
0: that that's not an actual vibrator, an just a cell phone. <laughs>
1: I turned my phone to Do Not Disturb, and it says Eat.
2: Oh, okay.
1: Wow. My bad. I'm like, See, Mace that's been, embarrassing.
2: mason has been crucial for me um, just because not knowing really anything in the industry and then just kind of being a lot like you, thrown into the wolves here and having yeah. to keep up with Shane, that I he's just taught me just a ton. There's just no way that I can handle, I think, the, d- the demand of Zen without Mason around. So, yeah, you've really that's, been kind of the glue. I mean, yeah. no offense to you or... <laughs> You know, no, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's
3: a, I mean floating is one of those things, it's one of those industries that you don't like it, you don't know what's cool unless you're in it. You know, yeah. there are a lot of people out there that don't really know what it is or understand, but to us it's like the raddest thing you could be doing right now. It's a so, cool industry. Yeah. So I'm I'm really happy to be doing this.
0: But anyway. uh I think you're right, like there's a lot to learn. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And I mean even if you think about At the base of what floating is and flotation and sensory deprivation, I mean, it's so simple. It's just the most basic of things, right? We've got water and salt, and you're just going to lay back and you're just going to go. It doesn't get any simpler or easier than that. But then, I mean, so many different aspects to look at it from not just running a business, this, all of those things, but it's a unique business in and of itself, right? You have different challenges when it comes to marketing and you know, oh, those yeah. type of things and yeah. educating your, your customers and your clients and all that kind of stuff. And I mean, I don't think, I haven't come across, and granted I'm not like somebody that's been in the realm of business in any way, shape, or form throughout my life, but even looking at it from you know the outside, I don't think there's really many businesses or... Business isn't the right word. Industry? Yeah. That are like that are like this. Do you know what I mean? For oh, nothing?
3: there's nothing like yeah. the it.
1: No. I've been in a lot. Mm-mm. Floating's different. Yeah. Float usually people are competing and there's a sense of like let's not talk about this or this and let's let's like compete against each other and it's dog eat dog a little more. Not always. But floating seems to be just damn friendly. I don't know if I can say I've talked I've had a bad one yet. Like any customers, float centers, it's like all good.
0: Yeah, that's rare. I think that's changing though, because like, the size. Yeah, maybe? with growth as the industry grows and more people come into it, and more people are looking to capitalize on it.
1: Yeah, you I were think mentioning that. Starting
0: to change. Yeah,
1: I don't. It's almost
0: like. Oh, yeah. How would you prevent this too? Because it's going to come. It's bound to happen. Yeah, I don't think you can prevent it. I think it just comes with growth in the way that industry works, right? You're yeah. going to attract people that are in it for money. They're they're here to... M- part of the people. Yeah. Nature of the beast. I hope they go to the yeah. float
1: conference because that, <clears throat> for me, that feels super bonding. Like it just float center owners everywhere and it's, yeah. it, it's almost like you're marinating the new ones in what it's like to be <laughs> in the float industry, you know? So I hope they
2: go. Well, how does that feel? I mean, being... I guess, ground floor. I mean, you guys are really in the beginning. It? Well, I wouldn't say the beginning. I mean, obviously, floating's been around, or the tanks have been around for a long time. Yeah, a long time. But you guys have really brought, you've, you've brought a new way, or you, you've you introduced this to people.
0: I definitely haven't. I'm on the back end of this shit. I just happened, like, I fell in love with floating because I wanted to enhance meditation. Okay. And then through the whole experience of, I mean, for me personally, it's been one of those weird kind of, journeys of synchronistic things happening that have led me to this point when it comes to I love them uh, you know the podcast or the, my connection with the industry of floating and everything like that but so i've seen i mean it's been less than a year i guess that you could say that i've maybe a year about a year that i've been in the realm of floating okay and um i don't know it's just been educational for me i just get to sit back and watch and absorb it all the the conference was a huge thing.
1: Yeah. It's you see the you just see the growth rate there. I think the first conference I went to, Ashcon had people raise their hand uh when they heard of floating. And he went through like eighties, nineties, one thousand, ten all the way up to like the year before. And the room didn't even have their hands up. And then he's like um he's like 11, 2011 of the room. Two thousand twelve, third of the room. Third <laughs> oh, of the room. And right now, third of wow. the room. Wow, yeah. I was like, Whoa, that's growth rate. That's crazy. Yeah that many people coming on that fast in business that's crazy
0: that is crazy yeah especially something like because it's not i mean i think people are naive if they're going to get into the realm of floating or opening up their own float center you know manufacturing pods or tanks or whatever the case is it's not easy by any stretch of the imagination oh my god it's been anything said lightly (laughs) said lightly lightly. it's like i mean because i talk to people all the time that are opening up float centers and one of the fun things, so I get to travel and I'll go install dream pods, right? And I show up and I get a look at their, their business, their layout, what they've done. And undoubtedly I walk into the actual room where they're setting up the tank and I'm just like in my head, I'm like, Oh, these guys have no fucking idea. Cause <laughs> <Really? laughs> you've got a thousand pounds of salt coming yeah. as soon as that salt hits. No clue. Yeah. So there's been plenty of times where I'm like, you know, well, I get done with everything and I'm like, so this is what I think. I think everything looks really, really good. You did a really, really good job. I, I would fix that. I would fix this. You know, you need to think about that. And because I don't think people realize. No,
1: that. at all. I, I remember when my tank, when I first finished my DIY tank, I remember being like, okay, let's find out how much salt to put in this. And it like shocked me. Mm-hmm. I was like 800 pounds <laughs> and it was a small tank. You know, a lot of the big ones have a thousand or more. But it was shocking how much salt can get in that water. And it's just a lot. And it's expensive, too. Yeah. Yeah, for the most part. I mean, it's not table salt. No, not cheap. It's barely salt anyway, right? Chemically. Yeah. I've heard. Anyway, that's way down the rabbit hole. (laughs) (laughs) We don't want to go down the salt rabbit hole. That's stupid. We love salt. You see our salt kitty? Your salt kitty? It's the cocaine kitty, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that funny?
2: Diving in. That is funny. Yeah. When you came up with that, and for weeks I was laughing about that thing. Wasn't that what you took up to the Flow conference? Didn't that go into Yeah, and I I didn't in our, know in the grab bags.
1: I didn't know about the image usage, so we just did like a flyer and called it quits. Yeah. 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 So It's funny. I think it's
0: great. I'll explain the picture. Do it. Well, so, we Yeah, I was going to say explain it. Yeah, Not I was, where it comes from or the idea behind it, but perfect. Just a
1: picture. So yeah. there's a there's a cat. <laughs> it looks like it just got dropped in like fresh powder. So it's all you see is a cat with powder and the cat looks a little shocked. And then it, it says salt, so much salt. But the meme I saw said cocaine, so much cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, let's just switch that. That's, what, that's how format. we got
0: it. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Memes. Memes. Memes are awesome. So before we hit record, we were chatting about China. Yeah, yeah. So that was one of the things I was excited to talk to you guys about. So. China was crazy, crazy,
1: crazy. Had you ever been before? No. And I've been a lot of places. I've been like Australia, UK, Spain, Peru. I mean, all sorts of places. And um, China, China was truly shocking. Um, to be able to not read anything uh, and to not use the same letters, or you, I couldn't look at something and say it. Or it was so hard to communicate. Luckily, we stayed in a pretty high tourist spot. So, my partner, Will, he moved to China from England about 10 years ago. So, thank God, Will's wife uh, translated the whole time we were there, pretty much. This Will?
3: Uh, no, no. No. Turner okay. Will. I have
1: three Wills in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Assistant, partner, and a guy at the other business. Yeah. It's, it's hard. Yeah. But, yeah, we have Only
3: tra- one Mason, though.
2: The only one <laughs> there Mason. There can only be one. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't feed the beast of here. Yeah. Captain Humble. <laughs> head's like, I'm
3: you know, the god we're of- We're trying to humble. shrink his <laughs> head right now. <laughs> <laughs> just not
1: the god of nintendo sorry side note. <laughs> go ahead yeah i know um so anyway we had we were there for like a week and i remember when we were leaving i asked my brother i was like oh, we really enjoyed it like it was such an adventure but i remember being like would we have enjoyed it this much without a translator and it was like probably not it would have been a battle so if you're if you don't have a translator go to a high tourist spot yeah and if you do it's really nice so but <clears throat> There's so much on China. I don't know what part interests you most, but it was just neat. Well, what the hell were you guys doing there? Good question. (laughs) Why are we going to China? (laughs) So we have a factory in China. Um, My partner, he moved over there, like I said, 10 years ago to make an indoor grow room. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of the same materials that the float tent is now. So him and his wife set up factory over there and we have a handful of workers and we went over there to improve the tank. And that was even, working conditions were even way different than I was used to. And the first day we walked in, I'll show you a picture, but our workers were hanging, um, our workers sound so bad. Anyway. <laughs> our employees. Yeah. We you know, own them. Our no, they're, workers. Yeah, we want them to be very happy. But yeah, anyway. The young children that we've been. <laughs> yeah. <it's> not bad? <laughs> oh my God. I feel bad. Anyway, they were awesome. And they were hanging raw fish, raw chicken, raw beef on our key holder so that the cats didn't get them at their home. And it was just, okay, there's something shocking. And then from that shocking to the rest of the trip was just like shock, shock, shock. So the cats wouldn't get them? Yeah. Oh, like still the keys? No, for the meat, the raw meat that they hung up. They brought the meat to work. Oh. So the cats didn't get the meat at home. I see. Yeah. So they brought their own food. I see what you're yeah. saying. And they just they just tear off pieces of the dried out raw food and eat it. Yeah. All good. And they have the you know no- noodles and soups and you can eat there for... I would guess $0.30 cents U.S. maybe. Wow. Yeah, for, did you for, try any jerky? a bowl of soup maybe. Uh, I did not dare. I didn't want to get sick too. So we, we went through all the travel shots and prep. And Did you have to get some shots to go? Yeah, they recommended it. We got a few. And one of the big things though is they said take a probiotic just because it's got the same water issues. Like they're, they're used to their water. Yeah, yeah. So get some probiotics going. So for two weeks I took them and took them while I was there. But no sickness. That's was, good. Yeah. But... Honestly, most of the places were pretty nice. Uh, they have a little different food standards, um, but it was cool. We didn't get sick. So. Yeah.
0: yeah. We find that anywhere, though. Yeah. I mean, even when you travel in Part the U.S., travel. sometimes you get yeah weird shit that you're like, I don't know about that. <laughs> I'd rather, <laughs> it's yeah. Scary. Seriously. And Will, you went with him too, right? Do you go by Will or William?
1: No, I didn't go. So that was I'm, partner Will. Yeah, oh. partner Will. He
0: lives there. See, I'm not
1: making yeah. any sense There are too now. many Will's. There's too many Will's. Yeah. 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 Um, but me and my brother, Sean, we went to visit the other partner, Will. Cool. And his wife and kids and everyone. It was cool. How long were you there for? A week. It, I could have stayed longer. Yeah. Seriously. How it, long of a flight was it? A long flight. So we, I think we flew to S.F. Uh, San Francisco and I think it was like a 12 or 13 over to Shanghai and they went a few more hours of driving but it was it was it was a lot of travel yeah i gotta mention one thing that's kind of stupid but it's cool we were on this new plane and i was by the window mason just laughed at me (laughs) you could tint the windows on the plane and so there's no shutters and you tint it and then any long story short we took off it's bright day they turn down all the windows and it feels like you're flying in the moonlight so they get you adjusted to china time Right and the same the way back. on the way back you fly in the night and all of a sudden you're coming into la and you think it's kind of like moonlight you know it's not but yeah. it looks like the moonlight and all of a sudden- all the windows turn on and it's the middle of the day it was really cool that is cool I don't know if that was worth throwing in but it was cool I just <laughs> want to point out <laughs> that I messed up the window for like an hour like, rrr, 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 the
3: first rrr, day he got back in the office that's the very first thing he told me nothing about China nothing about how it went <laughs> you were pretty excited about that isn't that sad it's like it's when you windows. take a kid
0: on vacation <laughs> yeah. right you take him to Disneyland you spend a week you do all these yeah. amazing things and he's like I got this new toy it's this little piece of, <laughs> of shitty plastic that I can just play with yeah, yeah. yeah. it was, it was totally and he's bad.
3: playing with it next to the Grand Canyon <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> yeah grand canyon kid for that's sure. too funny <laughs> you brought back skittles i was pretty excited oh, I brought about back that. a big bag of candy yeah yeah, yeah chinese I, skittles Loaded
3: in the suitcase
1: we went to walmart walmart was crazy um it's it's almost what i expected like tons of things i couldn't understand music i couldn't understand noises and it was just they do a lot of the they do a lot of open raw food there so fish is an aquarium for eating you know and hanging ducks hanging chicken hang, meat everywhere and it was another shocking moment getting used to that. But on the last day we went back to that Walmart and I bought like $100 in candy, just Chinese candy. Yeah. <laughs> brought it all back and distributed it. <laughs> it was fun though. Uh, the, the Chinese actual candy they had, most of it I didn't like. It was like, uh, it was like zipped jelly type stuff, like little. Huh. Um, like liquid? kind. Some, but jellies and squishy stuff. I didn't, oh, yeah. I didn't dig it too much. Hmm. But so I bought a lot of. Candy you kind of recognize, but in pure Chinese, so it's mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. I i so if you're an adventurous type, China will push all your buttons. It's like pure adventure. But if you want to go for a luxury retreat, that's like more of a an
0: island thing, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, China's not the place. I'd I'd love to go one day, but I can't imagine for me, I think I'd go crazy with all those people.
1: Oh my do you want me to mention them on the people? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so we drove for like three hours out of Shanghai and it was just we never left city. Really, we drove over a long stretch of water. But we we went to a handful of other factories while we were there, and we would drive for hours, and we would see high-rises um, of apartments. And they were... I'll show you a picture. It's pretty awesome. But, I mean, I don't know how many a high-rise holds or how many they put into a room, but these things, these high-rises were just as far as they, I could see both ways. And to, can you imagine the people over there? The I don't know how they make it all work. It was crazy. I've never... I'm,
0: I've am i been to LA, New York, nothing. Yeah, I don't even think it compares. Like when people think, you know, you sit and look at the population density of some place like oh, China yeah. or over there in Asia and things like that. And we don't have anything that compares to it nothing. here in the US. No. no.
3: Well, you also have to imagine the regulations and the rules for living are a lot different, so...
0: Yeah. Oh totally. A you know, lot like less Yeah. <laughs> stringent.
3: There's just less of them. Yeah. Less rules. <laughs> the the
0: people in China
1: too are so cool and calm and they don't recognize depression over there, which is interesting. And everyone just wants a simple life and to do their thing and it was What do you mean they don't recognize depression? It's not a clinical thing there. There's no such thing. Depression's like what? You're unhappy? Well what, you get a different job. I don't know, but um William is saying they don't recognize it. They don't treat it. They don't recognize it. It It's a big thing here, but maybe it's industry. I don't know. That's
2: really interesting. It is. Yeah, Yeah, that kind of amazes me. It almost makes me want to almost adopt that theory here. That would be nice. Instead of, I I don't know. I think in some cases you'd almost look at it like, well, some people use the word depression as a crutch Mm -hmm. instead of using it as a motivation to make that change that's amazing you get that many people in one space and they don't acknowledge something like that i'm sorry i was looking down at the
1: there's like one picture i took um and it would be like that for like an hour just everywhere everywhere Everywhere. it was like that was another shocking thing it was and are those uh um are those like apartment buildings yeah and you know what's weird um you would expect like if you looked at this in the u.s you'd expect that to be really lit up yeah right um, it was it was not lit up. It was like most of them were dark, and there would be random little LEDs. So at night, it's not like some giant glaring wow. cityscape. Mm-hmm. It was really dark and mellow.
0: Wow. Yeah, that's interesting. Something I, beautiful I, I about I it. Saw the
1: picture of the flat toilet. And that we, we're not used to that. You know, <laughs> the, the hole. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That they don't share like soap. Um, they believe soap's wait. Unsanitary. Who do you
3: share soap with?
1: Like in a public bathroom. Oh. soaps unsanitary, toilet seats are unsanitary it was and it came down to it, I used the hole while I was there. So <laughs> I kind of it. It. <laughs> like you're in some sort of standard. So off. straight up our hotel had a normal toilet and I told everyone, I'm like, if I can, I'm not gonna use, you know, the hole. Um and then one day <laughs> one day it happened and I was like, I don't have a choice. <laughs> so I prepped and I did my thing. But at least you that had that, t- that TMI. Though. Sorry. That's no, definitely I that's not, not, not keeping it classy. But <laughs> yeah. It was actually way better than I
0: thought. So. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> the hole usually is. <laughs> <Yeah>. Whoa, <so laughs> too <many> easy. <laughs> yep. Rabbit hole. Set him up for that, <laughs> that one. Yeah. Yeah. So, because this is, I, I told you guys a little bit about what the podcast is, and Shane's been on the podcast before, but because it is the Energies Love podcast, we have to talk somewhat about deep, spiritual, thought-provoking shit that's out there. Awesome. Let's do it. So if you guys have had anything, um, I always like when we have something that talks about floating or highlights floating, like if you've had some crazy experience in the tank, um, let me hear about it. And if you haven't, that's totally cool too because it's something that kind of takes practice and it does. you you have to get to that space. Everyone wants it on their first float too. Mm -hmm.
3: I was of that mindset. I thought that my first time was just going to, blow the doors open everyone it does. just didn't it was very relaxing um it got rid of a lot of my anxiety for my tests and homework and things but it just didn't it didn't do that for me um and I'm, i guess i'm still looking for that so
0: it's a reason to keep floating right <laughs> yeah
1: dude seriously <laughs> so. the practice is when it the the crazier things not not that it's crazy is going to happen but if you're looking to kind of get out of the body a little it takes some practice it's it does. just like anything else right yeah oh yeah we, but you, we got to get this tank going yeah,
3: yeah. and i it, the the crazy thing is as i i talk to so many people about it throughout the day and i i kind of tell them don't have any expectations don't do this and then i i do it so yeah it's something i need to work on human nature man. yeah so get and back to me floated yet
0: now
2: no no see but for me it's kind of fun because i'm on the other side i haven't experienced the float but i've heard so many stories from people that all the lives that have been changed and everything so i'm impacted in a different way so i mean obviously i'm gonna like it's something that i want to do because i believe in meditation i believe in getting back to center and for me having a little bit of anxiety going through depression issues and just the ups and downs and peaks and valleys of life like it's 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 right on my radar of a need to do. You're going to love it. But I'm on. You med- like meditating, right? Yeah. Love it. So if love that's, it. If that's Hard to do sometimes because I'm, I'm so cerebral and sometimes I just want to tell my mind to fuck off, but I can't do that. Yeah. I do. It just doesn't work that way. So do you practice meditation? As much as I can. Yeah. How long have you been doing that? Um, I'd say on and off, probably a good 10 years. Uh, when I was 30, I was, I shouldn't be here anymore. I was sick for a year and didn't know it and uh, it got to the point to where it was just straight to the hospital. And so I knew I had to make a complete lifestyle change, and that was kind of going inner instead of worrying about the superficial and the outer. So I think I made that point then to really kind of dive in.
0: Um, What did that look like? So tell me, like if you say you're going to make that choice, that conscious decision to where I need to start focusing on what matters, what's important, and I'm going to go inside for that. That's a good question.
2: Um, It was the easiest yet scariest thing I've ever done um, I my daughter was still a little bit young so it was understanding with her and kind of walking her through the process because she watched me progressively get sicker and sicker and sicker and not not really acknowledging that not really doing anything about it just more being stubborn um, when I found out that I was I was really at a crossroads either make a change or you're just not going to be around and you know now it's surgery time um, it was it was kind of really finding the value i had to go through and everything in my life it was does this bring value if it doesn't bring value then i need it, it's got to be gone uh, from friendships to even and it sounds bad but even uh, parts of my family oh yeah i sure. couldn't i couldn't allow them in my space i couldn't i couldn't That's have the them around me because some it was guilt you know some i kept in my life but it was that constant I'm so sorry your life is going bad and everything that comes out of your mouth is just this negative and poor me and I can't live this lifestyle anymore I can't I can't be my own success story for me with this toxic energy around me so it it was a daily awareness I mean I had to monitor uh, what I was eating I had to monitor what I was drinking um, cigarettes, everything you name it. I had to be very structured and everything i mean i 'm not good at, at following a regimen, but I had to acknowledge if i didn 't feel well, I had to allow myself to not feel well so I could allow myself to get healthy i couldn 't avoid it anymore It was probably the that that 's where I was i just couldn 't avoid were you diagnosed with something specific or was yeah. I've got, and still, and it's, it's a disease, it, what's crazy is it's slowly becoming more and more common. I've got diverticulitis, mm-hmm. and that's a problem with the colon. So uh, things that are hard to digest uh, get caught in little pockets inside of your colon. And the moment they get caught, it's, uh, it's just a guarantee that they're going to start to get infected. I was walking around for just over a year with four feet of my colon infected. So on a daily basis, I was waking up just extremely tired because throughout the night my body's fighting all this infection. And at that moment, I was I was kind of dealing with my own anxiety and depression with drinking. I mean, it was my it was my way of being uh, copacetic. And so I convinced myself um, my belly was getting bigger because I was drinking more beer and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All every excuse I could think of. Yeah. And it got to the point where I was at work. I looked at a coworker and I said, okay, I'm not feeling well. And I fell over and I just, I passed out and I was done. They rushed me to the hospital. That's when I found out I had four feet that were infected and I had kidney stones at the same time. So mm-hmm. they brought in a specialist from Harvard because I'm, they call it an old person's disease. And what it is, is it's lack of fiber in the American diet. So basically everything we eat is corn. Yeah. And so we just don't get the, the, the fiber quantity that we need to, to balance the body out. And because I was drinking so much and really not eating, I was just, in essence, just killing myself. So um, I had to go in. They had to do – I had about two to three months of – I had – throughout the time, I had 17 CT scans. So way too much radiation through my body. Just trying to figure out what the hell is wrong with me, why I was so young and why I was so sick and susceptible and everything else. And so I'd say about six, seven months in, I finally had the surgery. And that's that's really when, for me, it completely got real. You know, they put you in the surgery prep, and they're warming your body, and it was just like, I can't go back. So if I'm going to live anymore, I have to not only, like, change my my physical lifestyle,
0: but I have to change my spiritual lifestyle. Were you spiritual at that point? Like, did you have some, um, some understanding of – because, I mean, you describe, like, the toxic people that are in your life and that negative energy that they carry. Yeah. And we all know somebody that – you can't talk to them without them talking about how shitty their life is. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. so hard. Yeah. Um, Did you have some understanding of that effect or the effect that that had on you? Or was it more or less just like, yeah, I don't really, you know, I need to change something.
2: Um, Yeah, it's kind of a,
0: it's a big one for me to answer. Um, we only like small ones. So. Yeah, okay. I love it. I love it. Uh, yes,
2: yes, I was always spiritual just because of the way that I vested in people. Um, I, uh, I think what made me attracted just to life in general from even my first memories were the energy that people had. Mm-hmm. Like, Regardless of being negative, regardless of being positive, I loved people's energy. Um, I realized and w- where that awareness came from was I was taking too much in. So I didn't. I, I never put up a guard. There was never a filter. So regardless if you were a toxic person, I was still allowing you to be in my space based on the fascination that I had with just humanity in general. Mm-hmm. And that's where I had to cut my spiritual line. Um, if we say spiritual as far as like a God-fearing believer, I mean, I was raised that way, and so there were some principles that I did hangover, if you will, that have carried over. So I've always been a bit more... I think more open with a, a good side and a bad side, if you will. But as far as spirituality, as, far as being in tune with nature and being more in tune with myself, that was the first time that I ever gave myself the ability to know me, to get to know me. I was so busy being entertained by everybody else. It was just easy to ignore me. And so that's probably where I said it was the hardest thing. You know, it's easy, but but incredibly hard at the same time. Because I had to forget everything I knew. I had to forget my process and start over. So it was like a, a, a re-chance, a free chance to to have that check that everybody wants,
0: but a horrible way to get that that opportunity. So I, I, I'm a big fan of really diagnosing people. Awesome. <laughs> oh, jeez. This is awesome. <laughs> like instantaneously, I'll just judge people. Yeah. Thanks right for having me path. on the podcast. Yeah. It's been yeah. Awesome. Love this. Love this. Please. I'll take some moonshine now. <laughs> um. So I listen to you, right? All the things yeah. that you're talking about. And also earlier where you talked about how you like to uh, take a lot of people's problems on or help people in the process of solving or fixing or helping them uh, understand whatever it is that they're dealing with. And a certain aspect, you take that on, right? Yeah. Kind of as your own. And um, so this is my, my uh, like super hippie spiritual uh, understanding of you and your life and your experiences and what Love led to, what led to your too. issues uh, physically. Because I I believe that all of the, and I'll get flack for this, I suppose, um, but I believe that all physical elements stem from energy. And the only reason I believe that is because I think that energy is everything. So it makes sense in my mind that, do you know what I mean? If we get sick in some way, shape, or form, it has some condition or connection to energy in some way, shape, or form. But I think about issues with your colon, diverticulitis. Yeah, diverticulitis. So that's going to be in the area of your body with your root and your sacral chakra. Those two chakras, um, they have a lot to do with like, first off your place in life. Okay. Uh, like where you're at your, um, basis for kind of, I'm going to do a terrible job of explaining it, but it's kind of how you define who you are as a person. And then they, I mean, they have a whole bunch of other things that they're correlated with. So I look at you, I think about somebody that moves through their life, helping other people and you, and Surely I hopefully I got myself into a corner now. I'm not gonna, <laughs> hopefully you're not gonna <laughs> judge get away. You're nailing it. But uh take by taking other people's problems and helping them. I'm doing yeah. my quotation marks, helping them really it's a way of distancing yourself from your own problems. So you're not looking at anything that you have to deal with. Oh yeah. Specifically if we're looking at areas of your root and your sacral and those type of things. Yeah. Like who you are as a person and that had to have been challenged or questioned at a very early age to make you run and distance yourself from it so much. And then on top of that, because you talk about you like the energy of people, you like being around people, whether they're good or bad, toxic, positive, negative. You just like being in that space of helping people. And that's a very admirable thing. That's a good thing. That's a good quality to have. So I also think that you're a natural empath. So somebody that's an empath has the ability to register and sense and tap in and connect with energy that exists especially when it comes to people so they can just kind of walk into a room and maybe it's a crowded room or something and they can see that person over in the corner who is not obviously standing there you know looking miserable or sad but can connect and resonate and understand that there's something wrong with that person in some way shape or form so you have a natural ability to do that and then we take that over your lifetime or you know what I mean, all the way up until like your 30s when you're continually doing that and avoiding, like you said, I'm not really looking at myself and what I need to do to be healthy and take care of myself. Yeah. So it makes sense to me that that's how it's going to kind of manifest in a physical way. Well, you're right on. That, that was well,
2: awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah well, you're you're right a good listener right too. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, if, if I could just say something about the derivative of energy and being sick, mm-hmm. uh, my doctor, the first surgeon that I had, Um, well, the first, the first doctor before I I got passed on to another one, but the first one that took my case, she brought that up as far as you are carrying your stress all right here. Yeah. And she was so technical. That was the last thing that I thought she was going to be talking about with spirituality and kind of where I was the place in my life. And so even the moment I allowed, I think the moment I allowed myself to deal with being sick was when I felt the pain of being sick Mm -hmm. because I knew Because that was the thing. I I, I love that you brought that up because... Being empathic—that sounds awkward for me to say that of myself. Yeah, like it's like stupid. It's like a crown that I just put yeah, on. Yeah. Hey, look at me! And I'm, yeah, you definitely walk higher than now. everybody else. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and I do, and I do. That's that's why I'm here in Zen. And, and
3: <laughs> humble
2: God. <laughs> yeah. Um. It it did become easier too. Did you just call me humble God? That was <laughs> that totally God your job. Humble? No, no. God, that hurts a little bit. I'm going to be in the fetal position in the corner crying in just a second. Um. I would beat myself up for not paying attention to me late at night, but I wouldn't allow myself to deal with my own consequences, so it was like that what is it atlas that kept putting the pushing the ball up the hill mm-hmm. yeah. It felt like that, so even regardless of all the joy that I got just out of people, I don't know if I ever allowed myself to be thoroughly joyful because i wasn't I wasn't acknowledging me yeah, and that's what being sick i mean I hated it then I look at it as a blessing, so.
0: Now. Well, it is a I mean, you know, it is a blessing in a sense because it brings to attention what needs to be addressed. And yeah, I mean, for me, I think that energy will always find a way. One of the things that I talk to people about, um meditation, right? Huge and floating, huge just in life. I think it's a practice that everybody should be practicing. And people think, Well, I don't know how to meditate. Or I've tried and I can't do it. I get there for two minutes and then my can't shut my brain off. Yeah. And I think our bodies uh, whether you think about your physical body or your higher consciousness, your spiritual body or whatever the case may be, there's times where it takes over the reins and forces you into a state of meditation. And it it's not like a physical thing where you're suddenly forced to sit on a pillow underneath a, a tree, and, <laughs> you know what I mean? But um, the easiest thing to think about is when you're driving and everybody's had that experience where they're driving somewhere and they don't remember how the hell they got home. you just they- in your driveway? Yeah, they completely, you know, oh, yeah. zone out and space out and they don't remember taking the exit or stopping at the stop sign and suddenly they're home and I call and everybody kind of has that initial like, well, that's kind of freaky. Yeah. But our physical body, like the, the, the part of our body that has to drive can do that in its sleep. It does that so much, right? But our higher consciousness, our spiritual aspect of who we are seizes that opportunity to take your brain into a different wavelength. Because in meditation, just like in floating, you go into that theta brain brainwave yeah. and that state where your brain kind of disconnects and it's that happy dream state. Um, your higher consciousness takes your brain into that wavelength to where everything's kind of hazy and foggy. But that's the space that you a lot of times will seek and find in meditation, that space where your brain can quiet okay. and kind of disconnect and go there. So I think our bodies, our higher consciousness takes over when it needs to and forces ourselves into it. So energy always finds a way to get what it needs and take care of you and what you need.
1: Does that ever work in a way too? Like, um, what if your body sense that you don't know what you're doing? Like, I think I think of kind of what I've been through, mm-hmm. and I got hit with anxiety and panic, and I didn't have a choice. I had to make, I had to make different decisions, or it was over. And I wonder, does the body ever play out that way?
0: I would. I mean, are you talking? Because I remember you sharing and talking about when you went to California and that whole experience and everything that you kind of went through it just and broke me. Yeah, and you kind of got to that panic I, uh anxiety not panic uh like, like a panic attack kind totally, of thing right yeah. yeah
1: yeah i thought it was insane yeah and i had
0: to i had to leave la see i think there's so many like crazy hippie spiritual ways to look at that i want to know some where it's like your body uh because our higher consciousness right if we think about us as light beings aliens whatever the fuck we want to call them <laughs> i just think of us as the you know energy but we can see things differently because we have access to the different Uh, wavelengths or dimensions or however crazy off the beaten path you want to go but we see things differently so you Shane higher consciousness Shane can see down the road and realize that if he continues on this path then bad shit's going to happen so I'm going to force and cause physical things to happen in the present and in the moment to stop him so then that way he takes the other path that he needs to take and maybe it doesn't work that way like, for me, I love to just go into that space of wondering and questioning. Yeah. I always think that there's a thousand and one different reasons and explanations.
1: It, it felt like my my body made the decision. This yeah. is enough. The brain's had enough. Mm-hmm. Let's go this way.
0: And it forces you to that state, right? Into a panic attack. Oh into that goodness, heightened yeah. state of anxiety where everything... I mean, there's real physical reaction. Like, you could hook yourself up to an EKG and all these different monitors and all these kind of stuff. Blood pressure. Yeah, right. and it's going to jack everything up. Yeah. But I think at the core of it, it stems from... You know, it's always energy for me. I always go back to energy. I think that's the core of it. And I think that a lot of times it will kinda hijack your body in a sense, like it does in that example I gave where it takes you into that theta brain wave even when you're not aware of it. Does that apply to
3: um like he 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 had anxiety and panic attacks because of his situation? But what about when something happens and you develop anxiety or panic from that?
0: Like, Like PTSD?
3: Yeah, or like like I remember when I developed my panic attacks and anxiety, which is why I was looking for floating uh, additionally, um, it was pretty significant deaths in my family. Mm -hmm. So I just wonder if it's the same situation, you know, for his body reacting and telling him to go down this path. I just wonder if it's the same for like in my situation where it was this happened. They're gone forever. Here are these panic attacks. Enjoy. Did it want you to take better care (laughs) or something? I don't know i don't know i still haven't figured it out
1: yeah the body's smart the reptilian it is smart since the beginning of time it knows what i think it's smart but i think it's also stupid
3: yeah it's so stupid (laughs) no but it's very very
1: much faced
0: (laughs) in this place of
1: dumb shit isn't it crazy that can it can take care of you like this is a bad example but like you drink too much but your body takes care of the rest Mm -hmm. like you're breathing
2: you're pumping it can take care
3: of you if you have the right amount of oxygen the right temperature
2: true yeah. But I I love that thought that you brought up. Uh, almost like without knowing it, we're already taking care of ourselves. Like we're already, you can be as destructive to yourself as possible, but there's still something inside of you that wants you to succeed. Yep. There's still that will or energy. Mm-hmm. It, it, that's fascinating to look at it that way. I mean, I love, I love hearing that your body said enough is enough, regardless of your mental state, regardless of where you were, shit's going to hit the fan and this is why.
1: My mind was convinced that I was... I was going to quotes make it, um, but my body finally trumped and said, "No, you're not. We're yeah. going to go this way." And it was that's the, only, that's the only read I've put on it, but it felt like an it felt like I broke my energy out there. I don't want I don't know how to read into that, but it's
3: you know, almost like it. when you get headaches and you just take medication for it, and it's supposed to be gone, but I think your body is telling you something. Yeah, you know that that pain is is telling you something in your body.
2: Well, I want to ask you. So that was a while ago long it, time ago, yeah. So now on this journey, do it was you feel... last week when he got back from China. <laughs> that's, that's what
3: it was. That's, he actually called me from there. Yeah, hour. it was a quick recovery.
2: <laughs> you ate dog and it was all downhill yeah. from there.
3: <laughs> Another story.
2: Yeah, that's horrible. Hey, anyway, so through this journey, do you feel you've gotten that energy back? Oh, yeah. I'm totally fascinated by this.
1: 100%, 1,000% better. It was so great. I'm so glad something took control and made it all work out of the way. I wouldn't have found therapy. I wouldn't have found floating. I wouldn't have found different ways to be in relationships. I wouldn't have found everything in my life. Wouldn't be this
0: way if something wouldn't have stopped LA. Well, it's really easy to look at it, you know, like with hindsight, like we talked about in the beginning, you can go back and look, it's really easy to look at, um, to imagine yourself had you not like to imagine yourself going down that rabbit hole of what LA was leading to and all the different things that you were experiencing and going through. And to fast forward that train of thought or that track of your life to now and you know, and who knows? Who yeah. knows where he would be? And, but that's and true. It could, have a, it,
1: it could have happened a hundred ways. Mm-hmm. And it might have always have happened. But yeah, it's an interesting way to think about it.
2: I love that. What a good message. I mean, just think about it, too. Cause I mean, for me, so you brought up the fact that like I will single out that person in the room that's just a little off. And, and, and I, it's not like I love being the
0: one that helps. There's an aspect of you that does like that, though. Well, I do. So, so I do. it is. Yeah, yeah. There's it an is aspect of you that, and I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but yeah. men do that a lot. And I think the reason men do that, so men like being the knight in shining armor. Men like being the one that rescues and saves and protects yeah. people. Yeah. And part of it is biological and genetic because of the way that we've evolved over time and we were bigger, stronger, faster. So we were the ones that had to take care of in some way, shape, or form by feeding people, by going out and hunting and protecting simply because we were bigger. But then we don't need to do that shit anymore but there's an aspect of it that's still ingrained in us. So totally we, innate. We, we like that. But then I think also because men are so disassociated and disconnected with their emotion that they still use that to... Because even at the core of, I think, self-esteem is a big, huge thing. And especially men suffer from low self-esteem, even though we pretend that we don't and we try to make it seem like we don't. Um, oh, oh, yeah. yeah. And so yeah. we use that... Uh, outlet of, look, I'm helping somebody, I'm fixing somebody's problem. I'm saving or rescuing somebody, or I have a solution or an answer. And they, they look up to me in some way, shape or form. I'm using that to feed my, or, or help in regards to my lack of self-esteem.
2: Yeah. I
0: can totally see that. I can totally see that.
2: Yeah. Cause you're right. There is a part of me where there is, there is it's joyous mm-hmm. there, there's some gratification and there's there. nothing wrong with it i mean there's absolutely nothing wrong with helping people yeah, I, it,
0: that's a super wonderful thing it's how i'm
2: built mm-hmm. and and for a long time when you know when i mentioned the book and everything for a long time i had to go through that self-doubt of like i don't want to be this way anymore like i i would love and you know it sounds bad but there's been mornings where i woke up and i'm like i don't, don't want to give a crap about people like i wish i could just put my blinders on and go throughout the day yeah i just can't i mean it, it's it seems mentally and physically impossible so
0: that's me (laughs) you just put Put, your blinders on and don't give a shit (laughs) yeah mason's a honey project. no Um, maybe that's why we get along then i care
3: too much about everybody
0: so everybody here if i'm correct from the way that we're all talking myself included have suffered from anxiety or depression in small ways shape or form throughout their life right yeah oh yeah oh yeah so i'm going to give you guys my big spiel on mental illness okay because anxiety and depression form a mental illness right big, huge stigma attached to mental illness. Nobody wants to talk about it. Nobody wants to address it. Nobody wants to admit to it. Yeah. But I think that we have to change, not just the conversation regarding mental illness. I think Shane, we, we, you know, you talked about this back when you came on the podcast and I think that you do a good job of openly discussing what you went through and experienced, which Thanks, helps people. But I think that we have to do away with even that concept or idea that, that, that that's mental illness. I think that's just life. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I'm with you on that one. shades of life. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody falls on that spectrum of life, and we've experienced this or we've experienced that. And because we experienced this or that, like Mason, you talked about losing people that you loved, and that kind of sent you into a tailspin, right? So that's an experience that you went through. Therefore, this is the... So that's the cause and effect, right? The cause is this, this experience and this thing, and here's the effect. And we've labeled it a negative thing, and we've hit it, and we don't want to talk about it. But if we were just to look at it as that this is just simply life, when these things happen, sometimes this is what happens. And then that way we can cope and deal and manage in such a better way to where we accept the fact that everybody, if we want to label it, suffers from some form of mental illness in one way, shape, or form. Spot on. Yeah. Well, I love that because, in essence, what you're saying is cause and effect.
2: Mm -hmm. So in an intimate situation like we're having right now, it seems like it's it's appropriate and it's okay to talk about depression and mental illness. But as the mass in a whole, I mean, you're right, I wonder where that division is then. Because it does need to be spoken and it does need to be... Um, dealt with.
0: Well, it's such an asinine thing because, you know, from my perspective and the way that I look at it, I I honestly, truly feel that there's no wrong or right, right? There's not a, a good or a bad thing about it all the way from a mild depression where you feel a little bummed out one or, you know, once or twice a month to the crazy schizophrenic that sees and hears and can't yeah. really sustain life anymore and is homeless. I don't think there's any difference. It's just varying shades of the same color. Yeah. And so it's frustrating that we somehow label that crazy guy any different than me because, you know, I've gone through big bouts of depression and anxiety and different things throughout my life that I've had to cope and manage and deal. And we have terrible coping mechanisms. Yeah, yeah. we do. You talked about alcohol. I did yeah. the same thing, right? I mean, there's so many different ways that people choose to cope and deal with these experiences. And 90% of them are unhealthy. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
3: I also think the way that we treat it is wrong. You know, I think I think my experience was made a lot worse just because, well, maybe not worse because of, but it didn't help that I didn't take. Because when everything happened, I was just basically thrown pills at. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I, refused, I, refused, know, I I refused. I refused. I wasn't going to take them. So it probably made it worse that I didn't immediately. But I think in the long run, it was better that I didn't. Yeah, So I think that the the fact that that happens is probably not the best way to deal with.
0: Well, it's that whole thing where we're completely overprescribed in this country. I can't for, yeah, stand yeah, that. That's the first thing. go-to.
1: I can't stand that. And one other, another thing that really bothers me, touch of a tangent, um, how they prescribe pain pills. And we're talking like the same thing as heroin, mm-hmm. the opioids. And if they, I feel like they need to run an ad campaign that shows doctors giving heroin out. Yeah. That they're doling yeah. out heroin and it's yeah. all good, but it's not mm-hmm. all good. How could, why would you start at that? There's so many painkillers that don't get you high. Start mm-hmm. yeah. on those. It kills me, that one specifically. Well, you
3: can't really blame the people because, I mean, it's a doctor with a tie. And I, mean, I think it
0: goes deeper than that, though. You can't blame society, right? Because well, yeah. we look at the way that we're taught, the way that we're brought up, the way that we're raised. We look at what's going on around us. And that's how we base kind of reality for us and the experiences that we have. And, you know, over the past 150 years, 200 years, however we want to things have been continually built up that way where, do you know what I mean? Men never talk about emotions, so we shove that shit down and we don't ever talk about it. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. And know? then it explodes. And then you it know? explodes. It I doesn't ever go it. anywhere. And it manifests itself in different physical ways, like diverticulitis or yeah. high blood pressure. Broken or
1: homes. Yeah. 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 Oh, my
0: God. Think, sure think how many of those, these,
1: these guys with issues goes back to just these childhood moments about being tough, no emotion, yeah. and they yeah. learn how to bottle, they learn how to like, Cope. They learn how to drink. They learn how to get dysfunctional. Yeah, and like from a very simple thing in emotion. It's funny. Like I've been thinking about this a lot lately. It's 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 courageous to feel and and to especially as a male to go through it in front of people. Like I'm sad. I'm happy. I cried. I didn't cry. Whatever. It's. I think what makes someone tough is the decisions they make after feeling. Like sometimes there's hard decisions that have to be made. But I think it's beautiful when people go through it openly. And make it make a tough decision I like I, I, that. I wish I had a better example, but the toughness isn't in not feeling that sadness. But can you not. think of one? Where let you me to, let me think of one. Um, oh, I had one just the other day because that, that got this going. But I remember thinking like, "What would I tell my son what tough is?" Because he's going to fall and get hurt, and uh, and I remember thinking like. If he cries, he should cry. He's feeling that. Totally. And then so I I want to tell him at the end of that, it's like, um, if you decide to get back up and play ball, you know, that's a tough decision because you just got hurt. So I'm more impressed with the decision you make after go through whatever you need to go through, man. Feel that. Okay. Yeah, I think especially you know, some of the stuff I experienced in my family is just, you, you kind of don't do the emotion thing. So, no. And, and a lot's changed in yeah. years and years. But when I was a kid, there was a lot, there was still the tough thing.
3: My family's very old school. Yeah,
1: It'd be tough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: And that shit just doesn't work. No. 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 Do you know what I mean? If you got no. to create addicts. It works yeah. like a charm. It does. Like yeah. Yeah. if you want to bury stuff, if you want to continually <laughs> perpetuate that same just cycle, if so you don't so do want to so. talk yeah. about anything, yeah. you want to have terrible relationships and you want to die like cold and bitter and sad by yourself it works great
3: so familiar
0: (laughs) did you just write my book for me (laughs) yeah that was on the back of my prescription bottle right there yeah Yeah.
2: i was raised by my grandparents so you know world war ii survivability i did this for you shut the hell up rub some dirt on it yeah you know oh you're six and the the lawnmower weighs three times as much as you do well go mow the lawn suck it up cowboy so
0: and there was an aspect i think if we look at like uh the the course of society right you know the past hundred years in America and what we've had to go through and experience the Great Depression, they, they've uh they've endured. The yeah. You've had yeah. to be that way in order to survive. Yeah. But we're not at that place now. And we probably won't we, you know, who knows? We might go back to a place or a state like that. But we we're, we're not at that place anymore. And I think you see it shifting and changing a lot. I think that um you see kids nowadays way different, right? And it's not necessarily because they're being brought up or raised differently. But simply because the society is changing as a whole, so yeah, I'm born and I step out. Well, I didn't step out, but I'm born and I exist in this realm. (laughs) Uh, I take, you know, take in everything around me, and that's how I kind of base my reality. And kids today, same thing. They come out, they took a, you know, take a look around, and that's how they base the reality. And things are changing. But Shane, you've got kids, right?
1: Yeah, one one and one do April, right, here soon. Yeah. yeah. Is,
0: do you have a little boy? Yeah, a little boy, one and a half. So I've got a 10-year-old boy, and it's super hard. Like, it's super hard not to talk to him like my dad talked to me. Shit, dude. Oof. Do you know what I mean? It's really hard not to force him into that space of, I don't have an issue if he cries or if he, do you know what I mean, like if he gets emotional about something, but like sometimes... Um, sometimes he cries too long. Yeah. Does that make sense? And how do you know it's too long in your head? Well, the fact is it's never too long. Like if he wants to sit and cry and cry and cry and cry and whine and cry, that's okay. He should be able to express that emotion, right? Uh But me as a father, I'm like, I'm going to love him. I'm going to support him. I'm going to do what he can. But then he gets to that point where I'm like, dude, fuck, shut up. Like, you need to stop being a wimp. Get yeah, up. We're this is like, oh, this is reality. Yeah. We yeah. got to do stuff. We got to, you know, get off up the ground, do whatever it is. We got we to move on. So I battle in that space of, you know, trying to allow him the processing of emotion and expressing because I don't want him to bury it and shove it down like I had to. Yeah. Um, but it's hard. Man, it
1: is hard. It's I'll take any
0: tips you have. I think it's going to be really hard for <laughs> yeah. me. Seriously, I've got four kids and all my parents. Like, if I had, I love all my kids, but I wish I had the opportunity to go back and raise them from the beginning. Now, with the the way that I look and view and see, and oh doing, yeah, because I would do things so much differently. Is your uh, oldest ten? No, my oldest is she'll be eighteen in April, okay. graduating this year. Same age as mine.
2: Awesome. Yeah. She'll be eighteen in March and i'm scared shitless yeah. to be completely honest <laughs> and i i totally agree with you with the hindsight's always 2020 cuz right now for me what i'm going through is she's too connected she's just overstimulized all the time and so decompression or calming down or being in a state of well zen not to not to be cheesy <laughs> but to to be <laughs> to be in that realm she can't comprehend it i mean the best punishment that we can give her is taking her phone away mm-hmm. and it's like devastating absolutely devastating i'm telling you if i
3: walk without my phone in my pocket i feel like i'm missing a shoe (laughs) that's so great i'll admit it i do i
2: i feel like i'm missing a hand i don't get that at all i mean i remember in the 90s i worked for my dad a little bit and he gave me a pager And I was so upset that I got a pager because I was like, I don't know. I don't want you to know where the hell I am. Like, I don't want to be this connected. But now everything, she goes to the kitchen, phones with her, goes to the bathroom, phones with her.
0: Yeah. My 10 year old will come into the kitchen and get a drink of water or get a sandwich and set his phone on the counter. And I'm sitting there looking at that and I feel like a terrible parent, right? I've allowed that shit to happen. Totally. I have facilitated that. (laughs) Yeah. what you, what in the meantime i'm on my phone looking at him looking at his phone <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that's great you're looking at tips There's on how to reality. take your yeah. phone yeah. away I'm like how do i parent this child <laughs> yeah this is come on google but i, I also think because i try to look at it from a different perspective i think that do you know what i mean he's 10 and the world that he exists in now will never not have technology in it yeah i've never had a phone like you know i remember when the internet was a thing I shouldn't say I never had it, but you know what I mean. I, I went through plenty of times in my life without cell phones, without the internet, without computers, without any of that shit. I yeah. think we're lucky that we did. Yeah, I do too. To say it. but that's us glorifying it. No, nope. true. Like you talk to old people, and they talk about the good old days yeah. when they didn't have shit.
3: The good old days when you had to go to a freaking library. No thanks.
0: Yeah, and they, you know, they really missed that no. time of sitting down trade-offs. and listening to the radio and tuning in at night, and that was yeah. a big thing, right? Yeah. So everybody glorifies the past, thinking that it was better than it was now. But my boy's going to grow up and he will never move through life without some form of technology that he's intricately connected to. Oh, yeah. It's going to be even worse. It is going to be worse. And I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's just we look at it and we we, we have that tendency to be like, gosh, you know, back in my day, we never because I do that Dude, all the time.
1: Memories are always sweeter. Mm-hmm. In fact, sometimes now when I have real highs in my life, <clears throat> I go. You know, look around and witness how great this is, but also witness that there is still reality in your life. It's not the perfect memory. So that as time goes on, I'm not going the perfect. You know, things were perfect. Even yeah. on your highs, things aren't perfect. Yeah. But like sometimes, if you're not uh, if you're not aware of it, if you think back, you had the best memory. Everything, even this Nintendo, like the memory is better than turning <laughs> it back on and playing that Nintendo. That's yeah. because yeah. when
3: you're thinking about something or when you remember something, you remember remembering it.
0: Well, the power of
2: nostalgia. Yeah,
1: and you're just remembering those high clips
2: of it. Yeah.
0: yeah. Or That's, the low ones. Yeah, or the low ones. Like you got to remember too that even in the shittiest of moments, it wasn't that shitty. Yeah. yeah. think Think about the reverse of that. Yeah. That's crazy. You're just pulling out the parts that really
1: stick out. <laughs> but Why? what do you
3: do when the cell phone is the good old days when we actually had to hold something? Now it's in your eye. <laughs> yeah,
0: in your eye. <laughs> now it's Mason, there. It's in your Mason's brain. good old days. Now it's there. I we mean, you can't hold escape our it. So I think we have to be, like I. I try to... I think that I do need to limit the amount of time that my kids spend on their phones or watching TV or on the computer or something like that because that's like the old school part of me. Mm -hmm. But I think that we also have to embrace the fact that, you know, their entire life is spent that way. They've never not known what a cell phone is. They've never experienced life. Like you see toddlers now, even younger, like one, two years old kids picking up a Uh, a a tablet and knowing completely what to do and manipulate and maneuver on that thing. You hand it to a 70-year-old person and they can't turn it on. They can't open up abs. They don't have no clue what to do.
1: My one-and-a-half-year-old, he can click it, open it,
0: swipe, go into his ab. It's like, what the heck? How did this happen? So I have, like, a crazy spiritual belief in regards to why that shit's happening. Yeah. So, like, because the vibration of the planet is changing and shifting and continually rising and we have a higher vibrational frequency now than we did even 20, 30, 40 years ago, that's why kids come out smarter. That's why kids have the uh, higher... Um, ability to kind of handle that technology and function that way and i also think that um that's why kids today uh it seems like more and more and more and more kids are being labeled or classified or diagnosed as adhd or autistic or something like that yeah like everybody either has a kid or knows a kid or next door neighbor's kid who has been labeled or classified autistic always high functioning autistic but he's autistic right asperger's yeah Yeah, yeah, that's that's all these different things I don't think that is a. I don't think there's anything wrong with that kid first and foremost, but I think the reason that kid is like that is because they're functioning at that higher frequency of energy shit. And those kids typically are more in touch and in tune with different things. We can't understand or explain it. We're still trying to stick them in that same box of education and all the different things that aren't working. Uh. But it's because they're advanced in that space because they're bringing in that new energy or new vibration or whatever. But
3: what affects the vibration? I mean, if it's changed over the last forty years, what is it that's made a change? You think?
0: (laughs) Um, You know, there's a lot of different things. I think, for me personally, in my own space and the way that I think about it, Mm -hmm. I think that it's just simple evolution. I don't think that there's been a shift or a change or some, you know, some course or you know, everybody's waking up now and there's a higher. Um, percentage of people on the planet that are more woke or whatever the case may be i don't think that i don't think that has anything to do with it. i think it's just the simple evolution of our planet of energy of the universe okay and so but i i do think that it is um a higher vibration i think it is evolving i think it's perpetually moving forward but I think that's the purpose of energy. I think that's the purpose of the uh, universe. To is, grow and expand. Yeah, it's interesting. Perpetual evolution forward. Yeah. See, so,
2: that yeah. fascinates me. And that's actually something that keeps me up at night and kind of keeps my conversations with just strangers going. Because there's a part of me that feels, when you bring up a, like a, a higher wavelength, a, a higher amount of knowledge, it almost feels as if we're in the process of prepping for something. Mm-hmm. Like, I love the, that you use the word awakening. It feels like we're getting ready for a new state of consciousness, a new way of viewing life mm-hmm. or humanity in general. Like it just feels like right now the plot's being stirred and it's just, it's just prepping and prepping and prepping and people are getting ready for growth, like real growth, societal, yeah. societal growth.
0: Think of how many times in the history of man it's probably felt like that though. Oh. Do you know what I mean? There's probably been multiple times over and over and over again where this this wave of something felt like it was rising and we were moving towards something and civilization was progressing. Love that. You know, it's happened, I think, time and time and time and time again. And if you look at it, I think it's just that nice, steady progression of evolution continually moving forward, which is what I think the universe is kind of all about.
3: Are you guys afraid to be the old guy with the iPad that can't work
0: it? (laughs) (laughs) You guys are pretty close, right? (laughs) <laughs> that damn kid he's had his cell phone he doesn't it's not a cell phone it's just a little uh basically it's the equivalent of like uh an ipod or something yeah. oh yeah. Okay. a touch screen he can do stuff can on do it a lot yeah. but he's like figured out how to download apps and call people he'll call mom at work and like what the hell because he didn't have service on it it's not a cell phone but i just love it i think that wi-fi mm-hmm. yeah and um but i think that's because he's of this generation now that exists who has always had this and always functioned with it and you know will continue and the neat thing is you know kids like him or even you know your son that how old did you say he was One and a half. One and a half. yeah what is he going to invent and create oh right? God. given the technology that he's existed with his whole life i crazy? mean one
3: day he's gonna walk through the door and you're gonna be like what what is this
0: oh yeah what are you doing when oh. i love that we're talking about this too because
2: i feel like a young father i mean 39 and almost you know she's almost 18 mm-hmm. and she's already using that. I, I'd almost say against me that you don't understand. This is what I grew up in. So it's a real game changer for her. And so I, I love the fact that you brought up like your kid crying to a certain level where it's almost like your inner ego of what you were shown is like enough. You've, you, this has got to stop. That's the roadblock that I'm running into. I can't, I can't seem to mentally bridge that gap because to me, it's just a piece of technology that I didn't, I survived without it. You know what I mean? It's like what we were talking about the other day. You know, back in the day, we rode our bikes to our friend's house to knock on the door to see if they were there. If they weren't there, we rode back. And now it's like 30 texts, and you're probably not going to go out with them because you
0: you talked about everything you would have talked about face-to-face. Yeah. You well, know, I don't get it. i three teenage girls, right? And that's a big issue where Oof. they want to get on, and they want to text, and they want to message on Facebook back and forth, and they'll sit and have these entire asinine, stupid conversations. Yeah, <laughs> And... For me, it's like if I wanted to talk to a girl, right? So they're talking to boys on Facebook and messaging and all that kind of shit. If I wanted to talk to a girl, I had to call her up. Yeah. I had to risk talking to her father (laughs) or to her mother. Yeah. Right. And those conversations were really short and really brief. And it wasn't until you kind of were in that space of having a relationship with somebody as a teenager where you'd have long phone conversations or something, or even going back further, where you'd send notes or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Kids don't have to do any of that shit anymore. No. And they can communicate with complete strangers. So, because Facebook works the way that it works, friends of a friend of a friend, next thing you know, they were having huge long conversations about asinine, stupid things with the 17 year old boy that lives you know what i mean in the next county over and they've never met him in person but now they're building a relationship crazy that was my space for me <laughs> oh my Ooh, god my, my space, space. Oh
2: who's in my top eight wow, wow. <laughs> see i love that i use the word courting mm-hmm. to my daughter and obviously raised by my grandparents so i say tenny runners and i've got all these like old school you know <laughs> what? Cl- yeah i know i don't call That's- them Oh, tennis My shoe? shoes? Yeah, tennis I'm wearing, wearing tennis runners. runners. She <laughs> mocks me profusely for saying that. But I, I was like, I said, well, you, you don't even go through the courting process. How do you know you're dating somebody? Mm-hmm. I mean, how do you know, like, how do you grow and get there? And it just doesn't, that doesn't comprehend. I mean, it's like, if... Well, she brings up Snapchat, you know, she's there's streaks on Snapchat. So if you talk a certain amount of time, like, I don't know.
3: I have to talk once a day.
2: Yeah. I talk once a day. And when she lost her phone, that was the big thing is she lost her streaks. And these people are, they're more than friends, but they're like, they're technology friends. Yeah, yeah. For me, I, I don't see, and you know, maybe that's just, you know, me using my own experiences. I don't see the value being as much or as weighted highly. As that face to face, as that that physical presence. It's
0: because we're going back to the old school, where we're trying to make everything seem like it was always better, and we're yeah. reminiscing with the past. But the fact is, that's how they court nowadays. That's how they build relationships. That's how they connect. Isn't that crazy.
3: What's weird to me is when you talk to someone totally virtual, they are different. Like they can feel different to you, or mean something different. Oh, totally. Than an in-person relationship.
1: Yeah. Well, you know?
2: I love that we're having this conversation because this just reminds me that I have to. To help my daughter be more successful to grow into the young woman I want her to do, I have to modify my behavior. So no. in essence, like I have to cut this shit out. Yeah. Basically, w- she will never understand. It. Yeah. You don't have to get on Snapchat. Hybrid. <laughs> <laughs> that I won't do. That <laughs> <laughs> she's begged me to do it. You'll be hilarious them. with Snapchat. And I don't there's just no there's I no draw it. for it.
3: I'm yeah. I'm totally sucked in. I'll admit it.
0: Oh yeah, but you're a young guy, yeah. like you're twenty six. Yeah. So you're Shane, how old are you? Thirty three. Thirty three. So mm-hmm. I mean you I'm 35, so, so you're almost a generation, you know, behind yeah. where I'm at, where yeah. where we are to a yeah. certain extent. So your experience, with, like my guess, if you're
3: 26, born in 1990, so you don't really remember. Still blows me away the world without the, internet. No, by mm. the time I was old enough to realize, I had dial-up.
0: Yeah, you know. But see, at least you know what dial-up is. Yeah,
2: yeah that's true. We, <laughs> we all went know the, the slow speeds of dial-up. Yeah, we yeah. went through the AOL the AOL pains. Who the hell got on the phone? I was on the internet in the chat room. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I gotta cut this off real
1: quick. I just had the biggest deja vu I've had in like a year. Do you have any readings in a deja vu? It was like I have done this. <laughs> Let's hear it. <laughs> no, like, just I just. You of guys experience. were talking in this conversation, really and the door and the wall. I've done this. It was so weird. Love that. It, that like, that's one, one of my favorite feelings. Me, like a little anxious at first, and I don't even know what it was, but it's gone. But what the hell was that?
0: So I'll give you my take on deja vu. Yeah, seriously, I'd like (laughs) your take. So there's a feeling in that space of deja vu. Like you tell somebody that they, you know, they have deja vu and they automatically can think about a time that they had deja vu. And they might not necessarily be able to remember the specifics of what was deja vu-ish about that, but they remember the feeling associated with it. Like you just explained, you had this deja vu right now Mm -hmm. and you can feel what that feels like you know what that feeling was scary because you're breaking up time or you're doing something (laughs) you've never done before so i think when those experiences happen because for me there is no time there's no past or present it's just all right now that blows my brain up it does it it, blows mine it's hard to grasp Mm -hmm. but i think that in the space so if we think about right now the four of us sitting here and talking and our energy connected and you know in the space of this conversation and what we're doing right now somewhere else in some other dimension realm space time wherever we want to think about it or call it there's a possibility that our energy is connecting up at this exact same moment and so when deja vu happens it's like those two bubbles kind of brush up against each other and you get little glimpses and the reason it looks familiar and it looks like you know that wall in this space and very much like this is because you're here so you're interpreting that energy that's somewhere else but in order to interpret it, it has to go through your physical senses that you have here. So you're sensing that this seems so familiar because it's our energy somewhere else doing this exact same thing or something very, very similar to this. Maybe we're sitting around a campfire talking or maybe wow. we're flying on fucking unicorn somewhere talking. <laughs> Sounds awesome. <laughs> but because it looks and feels familiar is because it's going through your physical body and the senses that you have but i really think it's just those dimensions and that energy brushing up against each other i want to ask you
2: something about that then Uh, because i've always heard when you bring up deja vu what i've always heard was you're in the right place then Mm -hmm. then you're on you're on the best path that you could be at this moment
0: that's what i tell myself okay do you know what i mean and I, like, I, for me, there's always a thousand and one different, I mean, more than a thousand and one. There's always tons of explanations and ways to look at things. And I think they're all right. So when I experience Love deja that. vu, that's what I kind of, it's a cool feeling. I like that feeling because it's, there's an aspect of it that's kind of trippy and weird. And you're like, ah, oh, that's kind of, I don't know what to expect. But then at the same time, it feels good almost like, do you know what I mean? It's familiar. Yeah. It feels familiar. It's like comforting. Mm-hmm. So yeah. when it happens for me, I just remind myself, that's why I tell myself I'm doing something right. I'm in the space of whatever I'm doing right now okay. or even my energy somewhere else. Cause you have to think about that too. Like those four guys that are sitting around a campfire on some far off planet, maybe they had that same deja vu experience and it seriously impacted them to alter and change the course of their energy in that space and time. And cause it's all interconnected and, Spiral down the rabbit hole. Dude, the
1: the thinking without time is so hard for me to do. I just saw that movie Arrival. Mm. You seen that? See it. So good. Yeah, I haven't seen okay. that, yeah. you saw it. It does yeah, the yeah. time stuff. Okay. And I, yeah. I start to get my head there and it's crazy to think without time. It so is hard to think. Our
3: brains that. aren't built for it. Mm-mm.
0: I think they are though.
3: Mm. Really? Yeah. Because if you think my about brain the way. The,
0: well, you tell yourself that your brain isn't. Millennial brain. But the fact is. Think about the way that your brain operates. Like at what point does your brain turn on? Okay. Your brain turns on in utero way before you have anything resembling a human form shape, body, baby, infant, anything like that. Your brain suddenly turns on. And I think our brains are just these huge, massive machines that are simply for... Um, therefore this experience of life on this planet and the five senses that we have in processing information. So they're just a supercomputer designed to process information. Okay. And so our brain turns on first, I think, because we have this physical form that we have to take, but then eventually our heart starts beating not yeah. long after. Right. But yeah. And maybe our hearts, I'm not a doctor or a scientist. So maybe our heart <laughs> goes first and then our brain comes second. But I think our brain and our spinal cord and our nervous system develops initially And then our heart turns on and starts pumping blood throughout. And I think our heart is what connects us to the higher stuff, to the energy, to the spiritual side of it. Yeah. Because that's where we process emotion and everything like that. But I think your brain, what did you say your brain wasn't? I just like when, like if
3: you tell yourself time is infinite, what is infinite? Yeah. Can you comprehend infinity? To me that, like just that to me is like, I don't, my brain isn't built for that.
0: Yeah. Everything's this moment. Like, oh my god. And maybe know. it's not. Maybe our brains aren't built to process that information. Like I have a knowingness that comes from my heart that time's infinite and the universe never ends. But it is hard for my brain to grasp that. Yeah. And maybe it is because our brains are designed to process the information in this experience right here. It's just that supercomputer that's digesting everything that we're surrounded by.
2: Right. So are you looking at it like your soul is what's infinite, your energy? As opposed to your body, because we all know on this mortal plane, this body will pass. Yeah, I think it's just the meat bag.
0: Okay. We're all meat bags. Mm-hmm. So does
2: that help you uh, allow that to allow that there there is no future, there is no past, it's just now, I knowing so. that your energy is forever?
0: Yeah, I don't, I mean, and when I think about my energy, I think that my energy is the same as your energy and vice versa and back and forth and it's all the same energy that exists in the universe and it's all just one big spinning ball of energy. Okay. And so we're all connected. We're all functioning off the same form of energy. And and I speculate and go on these tangents in my own head. And sometimes we talk about them on the podcast, but it's like, what's the purpose of this experience then? And I think the, one of the things that I believe or one of the thoughts that I have that I kind of resonate more towards is this is just simply an experience to create more energy, just to com- perpetually move that evolution forward it's just fuel for that train to keep going it's like a sticker on your luggage Mm -hmm. because when we're here in this experience in our human form we have five senses right and i think that's unique to this planet we probably have that somewhere else but sight sound taste touch um, smell five senses unique to our human body i think that's why we have these bodies i think that's why we're here on this planet but i think we created this experience is simply a way to process emotion because emotion is the frequency of energy so good and bad emotion creates massive amounts of energy so love huge amounts of energy right everybody yeah. knows what love feels like especially if you got a kid that's yeah. a massive amount of energy you've never felt before that rush yeah yeah and then negative so war hate crime all these terrible things that exist same thing they just produce a massive amount of energy we label it bad we label love good, but I think it's all the same, and we're just here to perpetuate and move energy out into the universe by these emotional experiences that we have. That's fascinating. Yeah, absolutely fascinating. It's it drives me nuts sometimes though because I get lost in it.
2: Well, I love it because it's it's that. Well, it's kind of like what you were talking about going through what happened to you in L.A., what happened to me with being sick, and your experiences, and Mason with his loss and everything. It is It is that belief in knowing that nothing is permanent, at mm-hmm. least in this physical plane, and shit never will be that bad. Yeah. I mean, that's – see, and, that, and that's where the trick is then, because how do you – where's the moment where the switch comes on and you allow yourself to live that way, to be that way? I mean, I think that seems to be
0: the trick, right? I think it's a practice. I don't okay. think you – know, you know what I mean? I think even the people that we would – look at in life or even the people that may say that they've got that that switch flipped okay to where they're living life's purely from joy and they're no longer basing anything off of the space of pain and suffering and frustration i think they're full of shit i think yeah I'm that, right. i was gonna say i'd love to do that <laughs> okay i think it's a, just a continual practice to stay in that space and as you practice it you get better and better and better but undoubtedly you're going to fall out of that space you're going to step wrong you're going to do you know, what I mean? you're going to have moments when you're not in that space of joy yeah. and happiness. But the more you practice it, the more you stay in there. It's
3: I great. feel like you need those moments.
1: It's great to feel like shit because then it makes the good stuff feel. Exactly. Right. I feel like, like sometimes yeah. it's required. I was talking with someone like what we were talking about bad jobs. And um, I don't remember how we got there, but there, we we're thinking, like, what's the benefit of a bad job? And you want to know what one huge benefit of is a, hor- what am I trying to say? Benefit of a horrible job is <laughs> <laughs> great weekends. My like yeah. weekends were awesome when I had a shitty job. Oh, yeah. right now I have a good job, and weekends are kind of just the same. You're waiting for Monday. Yeah, if you got a shitty job, you're really looking to get
0: like yeah. the time when you get to get off the clock. And Isn't that awesome? Do what and does it say that my
3: weekends are weekend. great? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it means you have a shitty job. <laughs> my weekends suck.
1: Yeah? No, uh, they're great. Uh, no. Okay. My, it's well, <laughs> all, so is my job. So. It's all different. It, I, I like both.
2: Interesting. This yeah. is our job right now. I'm yeah, literally this is, working. This is cool. Right now.
0: Yeah. That's for me. That's the part I like. Like, you know, the podcast granted, it's not like I'm making millions of dollars podcasting, <laughs> but, uh, not yet. This is what I get to do and my con- contribution to things. And I love it. I mean, it's wonderful to go out and meet people and have conversations and yeah. So think that's a good thing.
1: Things are changed from this conversation too. Things so? are, things oh, are oh, always yeah. changing. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's just a cool idea. It is cool. It's great. great. Well guys,
0: we could probably sit here for a lot longer. We could. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, dangerously. I had some long, trepidation the I wonder beginning. how
1: long it you was. could go, like on a record setter, <laughs> like 10 hours. Yeah.
3: Can you imagine the 10th hour mark? No. Like, Nobody's mm-hmm. going to listen. I'm not going to edit already, that episode.
1: I'm getting <laughs> yeah. scrambly already.
0: Like I'm starting to scramble a little. Yeah. Weird. Nah. Is there anything you guys want to throw out? Because we've got listeners all over the place, all over the world. Go float. Go float.
3: I really believe in it. I do.
0: Yeah. Hey, do you care if I do a per- self
1: pitch thing absolutely um i am dead serious about taking a documentary to netflix or amazon um so here in the next couple weeks i'm gonna get a a kickstarter going i've already done a lot of the content but if anyone's interested and they want to see floating on netflix or amazon i'm gonna be doing that soon you gotta go netflix We're going to go there first because Netflix is definitely bigger and they're getting bigger. Netflix can deny you too. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, well, you might get a thousand dollars and a year's worth of airtime on Netflix. (laughs) So that's why we have to say and Amazon. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We'll go Netflix first for sure. So a documentary on floating. Yeah. This video guy I know, he's he's awesome and he's done so many great shorter things and low budget things. He wants this to be his breakout. Mm -hmm. And of course, I've got the story and the context and the floating so that we really want to go big, but it's going to take some money. So if you're interested. And Which then, if they
0: are interested, where are they going to follow or keep up or find that info when it comes out?
1: Great, it'll be on Kickstarter, I think, on the sixteenth of February. Um, but the Float Tank Cure should have a link too. Okay. So we'll see. It might not fund. If it doesn't fund, I don't care. But if it does, I mean, I don't want to do it without fund. Of course, I don't want it a low budget film. I want to, Yeah. I want it to be done
2: right. A so. legitimate good documentary. Highlighting
1: yeah. everything. Yeah, and it's going to take a lot of time, a lot of effort, and yeah.
2: I think that's a good landing point. So as of right now, if they want to contact com, yeah, and sure. someone will get out to them regardless yeah. until at least the, uh, the campaign goes live.
1: Yeah. It ju- I was looking at Am- Netflix and Amazon. That's what me and my wife use. She says, why isn't Floating here? It should be here. And there's already the documentary uh, Float Nation. It went YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I can do a more
0: personal take on the whole thing. Um, anyway. What do you think about any good documentary? Do you know what I mean? And it's not just information, but it it does have to have that. I want to capture
1: people that haven't even floated beginning to end. Yeah. So it's going to take, it's a passion project. We'll see. Good deal. If it doesn't fun, that's okay too. Well, excellent.
0: Thank yeah. you guys. Cool. Thanks yeah, for thanks having me. Thank this you. was awesome. It was Appreciate great. it. Yeah. And everybody gets to go out and have a wonderful, beautiful day and float now. Yeah, right.
1: yeah. I love it. Go float. You know, look around and witness how great this is, but also witness that there is still reality in your life. It's not the perfect memory.
3: Time is infinite. What is infinite? Can you comprehend infinity?
2: I can't be my own success story. For me, with this toxic energy around me.
3: Go float.